Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us for a post-New Hampshire primary reaction is Bill Crystal. And Bill, you said something very wise a few weeks ago, which is why I remembered it so unusual, which is that it's one thing to know that a guy like Donald Trump is going to win an election. It's one thing to know that Bernie Sanders is going to beat semi-incumbent Hillary Clinton, but it's a different world once it happens. And in the wake of tonight's results, I think you are so right. Uh, it'll take a couple of days to sink in, I think. I, it really is a, a different world. Um, 20% margin for Sanders over Hillary Clinton, winning every demographic group, uh, including women in New Hampshire, uh, yeah, just, just clobbering her among young voters, including young women. I guess they didn't listen to Madeleine Albright, huh, Michael, and who told them there was a they were going to a special part of hell, a special you know, place in hell for those women who I don't I don't want to be the person who has to tell these uh boy crazed women who are at Bernie Sanders events that they're gonna burn in hell. Someone else is gonna have to do that, not me. The, a great moment in the next few days is going to be when Elizabeth Warren endorses Bernie Sanders, which I think is quite possible. And if she does, she should really uh, take on Madeleine Albright, don't you think, and say, yes. you know, I am here to endorse Bernie Sanders. I think he's the best person to be president of the United States. And I, you know, I think on behalf of many women, I say that we resent the notion that we have to be told by Madeleine Albright what we, whom we have to support as women. I mean, it would be a dramatic moment and uh, would probably help Bernie Sanders even more. So these these results have consequences. You know, it's not a static thing. And so once you Sanders ties Hillary Clinton in Iowa, beats her by 20 points in New Hampshire, other dominoes, may, including Elizabeth Warren, maybe other things too, could could tumble. So that's pretty amazing on the Democratic side. Uh, in, on the Republican side, Trump, 34, 35 percent, more than doubling his the, the runner-up, John Kasich. Um, I mean, that's that's a very strong result. Jonathan last pointed out to me, he helped, uh, he's up in New Hampshire, kind of depressed, having a drink there in his hotel room, I suspect. He, this is an interesting thing, thing to think about. Three-quarters of the voters who voted in New Hampshire, assuming the Democratic and Republican turnout was, I think, about the same. Three-quarters of the voters in New Hampshire voted for either Hillary, Bernie, uh, Trump, or Kasich, a... a uh, a woman who's not entirely a figure of integrity and uh, and and of and of and of great leadership, a socialist, uh, you know, a a uh, well, what do we call Trump? I don't know, a demagogue, <laughs> and 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 John Kasich, kind of a kind of a flaky uh, centrist Republican. So I don't know. Those of us who were sort of hoping for conservative governance and a solid conservative to lead this country out of the hole that Barack Obama has uh, uh, put us in. Uh, it's it's kind of a rough night. I uh, note that uh, Donald Trump got significantly larger percentage of the vote than uh, Pat Buchanan did, and that's kind of been kind of the marker. There's been a lot of talk that there's nothing new about Trump. He's just you know the old Buchananite wing of the conservative movement. But Buchanan always topped out, at least in well in, in a multi-way race in '96, around 26, 27, 28, as I recall, percent. And now you've got uh, Donald Trump with you know easily a quarter to 40% higher than that. It's it's something new. And I want to run this odd theory by you, Bill, which is what what's something else that Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump have in common? They are offering away. You it, it, there's you know Bernie has gone almost completely positive, very little negative. People look at Donald Trump as negative, but he, yeah, he's negative to the other people in this kind of reality TV show way, but he's got this like three plan, you know, we're going to make America great, we're going to solve trade, and he's offering a way forward. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And um they're both offering away. They're saying the system is really broken, first of all. 
they're not fixing the system, as Jim Bush promised to do a few months ago, right? And I think that's very important. I do think a large chunk of American voters could well be a majority. I think it's time to get beyond good governance and responsible you know, uh, you know, management of the government and even even a kind of moderate reform agenda to improve the government. They want it fundamentally shaken up. They feel it's just off the rails. And obviously that, that, that is something Trump and Sanders really have in common in terms of in terms of their message. So but you're right. I mean, the Trump showing I mean, I'm not a fan of his, but it's stupid just not to see how strong it is. The next primary in South Carolina, I was just looking at the polls there. There, There's no polls from the last couple of weeks. But before then, Trump was in the high 30s in South right. Carolina. Uh, Ted Cruz was around 20. Uh, I think everyone else was you know, 12 points, uh, down, down to about 12, and then 10, Rubio and Bush. I mean, what this? If it, certainly the voters of South Carolina, at least at first blush, aren't going to look at the results from Iowa and then New Hampshire and think, gee, we, we should desert Donald Trump. <laughs> I think Cruz could do okay and hold his vote, but you know, right now you'd have to sort of think Trump ends up with 35, 40 percent and win South Carolina, too. And if he's if he's second in Iowa and first in New Hampshire and South Carolina, ooh, that's really that. And meanwhile, of course, Bush and 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 Rubio will be sniping at each other, and now they'll both snipe at Kasich to try to take him down. Kasich will want to stay in till at least March 15th to have a shot at the Ohio winner take all. Um, the Bush will persuade himself that his 10 or 11 percent is enough to make him stay in and he'll his super PAC will drop a whole bunch of money not on trump i right. suspect or Cruz for that matter but on on rubio and Kasich. so um the establishment candidates are doing a good job of of uh, damaging each other while trump sails along um right now at least uh, in, a, in a pretty clear lead and and the solution in the past has been the firewall in South Carolina that rescued establishment candidates like George H.W. Bush from Buchanan in 92 and Dole uh, from Buchanan in 96 and W. from McCain in 2000, on and on. But that South Carolina establishment firewall is gone now, gone with the passing of Governor Carol Campbell. And so now these established candidates have to do it on their own. And the guy we thought was going to do it was Marco Rubio, and he's in terrible shape now, Bill. Yeah, I mean, you wrote a good piece on our website, which people should read, about telling Marco Rubio, suggesting to Marco Rubio what he has to do now, and I think it's absolutely right. I think he had some of that. Did you think he, he had yes. some of the tone of your piece it in his strange. Speech? I wrote the piece, and then five minutes later, he stands up and almost quotes <laughs> it verbatim. I well, made maybe. a mistake. I screwed up. Here's what I'm going to do to keep it from happening again, as opposed to his plan up until now, which has kind of been to kind of dance around any missteps like the Gang of Eight. He finally embraced it. Then, So now we'll see. Does he have the, the skills, the innate skills, to come back because you know as you know bill if you can come back from a from a punch you're twice as strong afterwards and uh, so this is his moment he'll either right you know rise to it or he'll fail yeah south carolina is really important i think it is i think you're right rubio's been knocked out he made a mistake in the debate but he did take ownership of that mistake he isn't he isn't pretending i did everything i wanted to do i said i repeated <laughs> three times that obama knows what he's doing and i wanted to make that point three times you know? But he, he took your advice, or at least great minds worked alike. He went in another direction tonight. Uh, that debate Saturday night is pretty in South Carolina. I think is pretty important. If Rubio comes out and does very well and is both relaxed and strong, and you know does another one of those really strong debate performances that he had earlier uh, last year, not earlier, but you know last year earlier in the campaign. Um, and then I think people, you might say, well, that was interesting for, with Kasich in New Hampshire. Bush is hanging around. And you could see then the freeway race that people were expecting earlier and that now has been at least temporarily derailed. But the other thing I would say is like Ted Cruz is in decent shape. I mean, 
twelve percent of the votes doesn't get right home about, but it looks like he's going to take third by just a little bit over Jeb Bush, and and uh, Bush in turn will be a little bit ahead of Rubio. So, you know, Cruz at least had a respectable showing after first in Iowa, first and third isn't so bad, and he's second now, and it looks like in the polls in South Carolina. Uh, interesting to see if he really uh, now tries to expose Trump as not a conservative in South Carolina. He started to do that in Iowa. He sort of didn't do that much in New Hampshire. It's a much less conservative state. He just tried to kind of hold his own in New Hampshire. And Cruz will have an interesting uh, campaign strategy going up. Cruz has saved his money. You know, he hasn't spent that much in most of these states. And so he'll have some resources to use in South Carolina and then in the other southern states. And one more thing about Cruz, I think he's hit upon what could be a very good issue uh, at that debate, at the debate Saturday night. I guess it was what Bush, Christie, and Rubio all basically said, yeah, in light of women now going into combat, according to Obama, at least, to joining combat arms units, uh, let's just have women be eligible for the, for the draft, register, register for the draft like men at age 18. And Cruz, I'm told, uh, actually regretted it after the debate that he didn't jump in then and say, this is crazy. Sunday in New Hampshire, he began talking about this and saying, this is ridiculous. We don't want to want uh, you know, it's one thing to maybe say that women who are volunteering for the military should have equal opportunity. and We can integrate some of these units a little more than we have. It's something to say we're going to draft every uh, girl, 18-year-old girl in America and, in, in effect, I suppose, treat them equally in terms of, you know, having them possibly being in combat units and stuff uh, if there ever were draft reinstituted. I think that's kind of one of those sleeper issues that if Cruz uses it, could have big appeal to to conservatives and beyond conservatives. I'm not sure Americans really want uh, 18-year-old girls drafted into the Army or at least potentially drafted into the Army. And as a guy who grew up in South Carolina, I can tell you that daddies do not want their daughters drafted into the Army in South Carolina. I want to get back to as we wrap up here because we haven't given enough attention. 60-point lead eight months ago, the best-known Democrat in the country except the President of the United States, had already won New Hampshire once before, running against a guy who at best is your kooky socialist uncle who brings vegan loaf to your Thanksgiving dinners. And he crushes her, and as we speak... She's still below 40%. You know, and we always talk about you know, the real numbers and the perceptions, whatever. There is something magical about being in the 30s when you're in a two-way race. That is that is you really got thumped. And I just, I, I, I think the people around Hillary Clinton, if they're not panicking, it is through sheer intentional oblivion. Yeah, I agree. Bill Clinton knows a lot about politics and I've got to think he's panicking, and he knows that what's going to happen in the next few days, I think, is that the national polls, when they come out, I don't know, Friday, Sunday, something, uh, will suddenly show Sanders ahead of Clinton, I should think, or at least even with her nationally among Democrats. And the next wave of South Carolina polls, and she's been ahead something like two to one there over Sanders, I suspect will show a considerable tightening there. And then, I, so it might take two or three or four days for those polls to come out. And then finally, the national Democrats, because they have been so, com- in the media, they've all been so res- complacent to that. Of course, it's going to be Clinton. A little obstacle here in Iowa, maybe another obstacle here in New Hampshire. But I think at some point, the Democratic establishment wakes up to the fact that they're in as much trouble. It's the Republican establishment. I agree completely. Uh, and so uh, here's my deal. If Cruz ends up in third ahead of Bush, 
And if uh, Hillary stays in the 30s, I will not have to kill an entire bottle of Irish whiskey to get through the night. So we're okay right now, Bill. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm well, I'll look, for those, I'll look for those numbers to stay, <laughs> stay where they are. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.